0: If you're living the days in the life of an ag teacher, then you'll fit right in. I'm your host, Carly Erickson, and I'm here to remind you to do what you love and love what you do. As always, thanks for listening and welcome to class. Today we're going to be talking about hands-on, authentic learning and how we can get students involved in these types of things in the classroom. And for some teachers, I know a lot of the struggle is, well, we don't have it in the budget for that. We don't have it in the budget for hands-on activities and labs and those types of things. But the really great thing about just getting your students out in the shop or out doing a lab is that you don't have to have a lot of resources for the students to really enjoy what's happening. So you can have a full plan set up for a lab and maybe only have half of the materials and just make it work. Your students are just gonna love being out of the classroom having a hands-on experience, and we've seen that this really helps with overall growth as a student, not only um, as a learner, but definitely it helps build life skills. We've seen that when students are working together as a team to solve a common problem, then they really understand why it is they're doing what they're doing. So when we give them a lab and say, okay, we're going to be doing water quality testing today, Well, that might not mean very much to them until they understand all of the processes that they have to go through in order to make that lab successful. And so we're really teaching them how to problem solve and work together and accomplish a common goal that can be a really pressing issue on society. So water quality is something that we're always going to need to be monitoring and something that is never going to go away. And we see other countries struggling with, you know, the amount of water that they have and clean water that's safe. And so once we get our students in that mindset that this could really make a big impact and have a big um, effect on the world, then they see, oh, wow, I'm not just being a part of this for fun. This could be my job and putting that in perspective for them. And giving them those options and those resources to say, hey, you know, if you're really interested in this, then we can, we can help guide you into that career path. So just getting out there and having your students have those experiences is really what makes all the difference. Here at Iowa State University for my agriculture education courses, we talk a lot about scaffolding. And I know teachers talk about this a lot. One thing that I love about labs in particular is that you can be working up towards a lab for as long or as short as you would like to. So when you begin a new unit, um, you can have it in mind, okay, by week three, we're going to be all the way up to the point where we're ready to do a lab. Or in other cases, you could just spend, say, three or four days on Um, you know, lecture of a topic and and some other hands-on in the classroom activities. And then by day five or six, you can be out actually performing a lab. And there's lots of programs and curriculum that's available that has similar structure to that as well. Um, One that I just actually completed my first course in is the CASE curriculum or Curriculum for Agricultural Science Education. And I did the AFNR course, which is agriculture, food, and natural resources. And that really put it in perspective for me after going through case courses as a student, and then now being on the teacher side and really seeing what goes into the thought process for teachers to then lead their students to. So for me, during my training of the AF&R course, I was able to see how the scaffolding really came to light, and it really is at your own discretion of how quickly or how slowly you would like to do certain labs. And I found that really beneficial because we noticed in our classrooms that some kids really like to take their time and dive deep into s- specific concepts, and other kids like to... Um, you know, kind of move things along and and get a lot of information. And so CASE really gives you the opportunity to set it up the way you want to set it up for specific kids. So if you want to put them in a group, you could always put the fast learners um, in one group and the slower learners in another group just to give them that balance of, okay, we can take our time. We don't need to rush around because everybody else is doing things at their own pace. And so giving your faster learners maybe a little bit more of a breakdown so that they can then go through each individual piece so it'll take them a bit longer. And then maybe for your slower group, just kind of have them work through the one procedure and accomplish that one task. I noticed that the curriculum is really built to lead right into the next lab. And it also gives them an idea of what they could see in future agriculture courses, especially if they're case. Case courses build off of each other in certain ways. And so if you have multiple case courses, this can work out really well for um, your first year students all the way through your seniors. The most important thing is teaching things that are interesting, teaching things that are current and relevant to your students' lives. If you're teaching them about things from 1950 and it's almost 2020, I can understand how certain things from history play into Common Day, but our students are really interested in the here and now. They're really interested in what's going on in my generation that I can potentially fix or a problem that I can solve. And so putting information out there for them that's really relevant and current to their life puts it in so much more perspective for them that these are pressing issues and here's how you can help. And we don't have enough people these days to fill these positions within agriculture. And so giving them the option to say, okay, this is a really good career for this particular lab that we just completed. And that goes along all the way through every lab within CASE. There's different career opportunities for different jobs that these students will see as they're completing labs and doing hands-on activities. During my training, when I was preparing for CASE, we noticed that there were particular labs where you would get super interested and you would wanna test other things. And so, for example, um, we did a water sampling test with, um, to determine pH and dissolved oxygen. And so we had snails in certain beakers, and then we would have an Elodia plant in another beaker, and then we would have our control beaker, which was just the pond water. And so we would do some various testing with all of the pH and then the dissolved oxygen of the different waters. And at the end, I remember thinking to myself, this could be really fun if you tested multiple different... Pond waters, or if you had different types of snails, or if you did one with a fish, and so your students are going to think those same things, and so that's what we look for as educators: is how can we get our students to think about how they want to do these activities and how they want to um, engage in these labs? And it's so encouraging to see our students really get involved and want to test other things. And if your students get completed with a lab and they ask you, can we test this, can we test that, let them. That's all we can ask for as educators is that they're interested and that they really want to move forward with testing things and, and they're making up their own questions and solving those problems. And that's exactly what we want to happen with these labs. Education is shifting. It's shifting towards more student-led learning. And if we can get our students in a place where they are understanding of a procedure, their understanding of how the lab is going to operate, and they have the background knowledge from the classroom, they're really going to be able, by the end of the semester or by the end of the year, they're really going to be able to lead themselves and answer their own questions without asking. And... They have access these days in most schools. They have one-on-one technology. And so if they have a question and and they're struggling with an answer, they have the power of the internet right at the tips of their fingers. And so letting them use their resources, letting them solve problems on their own, and really leading their own learning is going to be something that we see in the future more and more. And as teachers, we're there to facilitate the learning. We're there to help where is needed and answer questions if they're confused or struggling. And the students will begin to see that we're taking a step back and we're letting them guide their learning process. So we're not so much in their face, so to speak. We're kind of taking a sideline and and just really embracing their willingness to learn. If case is something that you're interested in having at your school or in your programs, um, AFNR is just one course. There's many courses offered in case. Um, some other really common courses is animal and plant sciences, biotechnology, food science and safety, and agricultural business foundations. And I know from my high school experience, we had just developed a food science course, um, my, I think my junior year of high school, and we had a team that actually went and competed in a CDE or career development event, and they got really into the food science and safety. And I actually know some of the people that were a part of that CDE team, they actually went on and are pursuing food science as their careers. So I've really seen this play out in real world situations. And I, I know that they're successful and they're still going for food science uh, and safety industry careers. And there's not enough people going for other industry careers and so we're noticing that the more that we explain these while our students are in high school and they can really get an understanding of this is what your day-to-day will look like this is the type of experiments and things you can do obviously we know that our food science and safety every day is extremely important if we didn't have the technologies that we have today we would be struggling for food source and so having our students be at the forefront of these amazing experiences and opportunities is everything that I could ask. You know what time it is, it's time for the ag career of the day. Today's career falls under food science, a food product research and developer. According to study.com, a food product research and development professional can work in many different industries, including food, biotechnology, and even pharmaceuticals and medicine, just to name a few. It is also desirable to have good communication and mathematical skills for this career. The average salary as of 2015 was $72,610 annually, and that's the ag career of the day. 4-H and FFA really comes into play when we're talking about hands-on learning, and I think that when we get stuck in the classroom, we get stuck in the classroom mindset, and as agriculture educators, we have to remember that we have FFA and we have SAEs, and FFA really comes to play when we talk about hands-on learning because it gives them that experience and knowledge that they can then use on their own and competing and Um, sharing their knowledge with others and so by having a group of people involved in a CDE for FFA we get to see how that group grows and how they become more educated and how they compete against other groups and what other groups know and they get that experience where they can go to where they can go to compete and they'll be sitting right next to another team after the competition and they'll be having a conversation about it and I love to see education happening when it's not being facilitated because that is when you know that those students are really passionate about what they're doing and that we have created that for them. 4-H is another great experience for students who have a passion about a specific agricultural topic and they get to explore it on their own and they can have their CYC or their county youth coordinator help them facilitate that learning, but it's really them taking their interest into their project and running with it. If you're interested in any hands-on learning at all, just a little plug here for Iowa State University crop scouting competition that is being put on by Integrated Pest Management here at Iowa State. Um, There's actually five states now that have crop science competitions. It's a really great experience for students to come out with their educator and they get to learn about crop scouting and they get to physically go in the fields and they get to inspect for pest insects um, other possible diseases and it's really a great learning experience we have a plot here at iowa state that is set up strictly for educational use so the students get to tear up the fields if they need to They can cut apart the plants if they need to they can do all kinds of things that they would not get to do in a regular field but these are strictly for education it's a really great experience there's a hands-on portion where the students get to go in the fields then there's also a written test and then the students will get to see how they did compared to the other teams i also work for integrated pest management here at iowa state university and I've learned so much about the specifics of why we implement the things that we do for our local farmers and also in our classrooms and how we educate our students. And so, integrated pest management is a very difficult concept to understand if you especially if you don't have any background in agriculture. And so for me, I've been able to learn a lot from my colleagues just from a short year that I've been there. And they've taught me so much about that integrative pest management is all about prevention and how can we prevent these things from happening. And so really, I know a lot of times people think that pesticides and herbicides and all of those things, chemicals, are our number one defense. But really, that's not the case at all. It's all about prevention. How can we prevent insect pests from taking over, and how can we prevent disease from occurring? And so if we can get that understanding into our youth by by facilitating this crop scouting competition, we have that much more success in the future of explaining to the public why we do what we do. If you have a land plot at your school where you get to do your own growing and your students get to do um, planting and harvesting, We have a plant pathology lab here at Iowa State University. If you ever run across a disease or an insect pest that you are unsure of, you're always more than welcome to send in your samples. And the plant pathology lab here at Iowa State will go ahead and research what is going on in your field. And we can also have an agronomist come and scout your field as well these are just more opportunities for your students to see how they can be involved in the agricultural industry and have a hands-on career path i know a lot of kids are kinesthetic learners and there's nothing that they can't stand more than doing the same thing every single day i was one of those kids i had to be up and going i needed to be doing something different i had to be working with my hands out in the shop or for a lab I can't just sit there and I know your students are feel the same way and so changing up and doing things differently if you have a land plot that's great get them out there get them the experience of the land plot and how they work as a team for management strategies and if they have an issue that they can't seem to figure out what disease or what pest insect then they can send that into the plant pathology lab here at Iowa State and they can then see the repercussions of that. And so they'll, they'll get to start from the very basics as the farmer, the grower, and then they'll get to see all the way up to the research that can be done in order to get that final product of information. Today we have a very special guest. Lynn Campbell is here from Iowa State University to share her personal experience with hands-on learning in the classroom. Lynn, tell us a little bit about yourself and your position here at the university.
1: I've worked at Iowa State University for six years. Before that, I taught and coached for 19, 11 in high school, and eight in middle school. Um, One year, I served as an Albert Einstein Distinguished Educator Fellow in Washington, D.C., where I worked on policy. And then I served four years as an AEA consultant.
0: Awesome, yeah, and so during your career as a teacher, how did you incorporate hands-on learning into your classroom?
1: When I was a middle school teacher, I was part of a grant that, uh, with the Science Writing Heuristic, and the the foundation of that was asking questions and having students make claims and support their claims with evidence. I credit that with really changing my perspective about teaching and learning, and it is still the foundation that I use today as I think about and develop programs.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I can see how that would be really beneficial. Um, so what, was you, what would you say your students' behavior was like when they were actively engaged in hands-on lab or experiment when they were in your class?
1: Students love to be actively engaged in anything, um, whether it be uh, doing an experiment, collecting data, making claims, supporting that with evidence, doing presentations to the class, anything where they are able to showcase what they learn and share that with their peers and then get that feedback. Uh, that's a real-world experience and real-world opportunity to apply what they learn in school to something beyond school.
0: And I'm sure you've met people here at Iowa State University that do that on a daily basis.
1: Absolutely. Um, I get to engage with uh, folks in in, uh, the School of Education, uh, work with researchers across different um, departments, and really try to highlight uh, in the programming that we do develop now to uh, access what they do, share that with, with um, a broader audience, and, and truly, truly our land-grant mission.
0: So how would you say that your career as a teacher has helped you prepare for your position here at Iowa State?
1: My career as a teacher has be- definitely been an asset to this program. Uh, I know what teachers need to implement programming in their um, school district. Uh, I can share with our Extension partners in, in all 99 counties how to better partner with teachers in this arena. and, and I, I actually think we the, the partnership development also, um, that that plays a part in that. Um, I like reaching out to kind of conservation, uh, the DNR, uh, other partners to develop programming. And those skills as, as a teacher uh, really do result in improvements in programming that we develop.
0: So you talk a lot about your experiences with programming that you've got going on now. So what are some of the hands-on activities that you're engaged in now that you're bringing to teachers
1: across the state? In my current position, I've been involved in writing several grants uh, to develop innovative, hands-on learning programs. And two of those uh, grants were with the National 4-H Council's Ag Innovators Experience. They're called Monarchs on the Move and the Native Bee Challenge. Both emphasize STEM, innovative STEM learning experiences related to agriculture. And we focus on modeling in our experiences, such as looking at satellite images to analyze uh, how we can uh, make improvements to uh, increasing monarch habitat or uh, thinking about how we can increase habitat for native bees that also results in increased yield for uh, farmers. The best thing that we get to showcase is it, with our innovative programs is collaborating with departments across the universities um, and other organizations such as the Iowa Monarch Conservation Consortium, where we actually get to interact with researchers to influence the programming that we develop. Another program that we have been working on is the Monarch Eggs Project. That is a collaboration with the the USD ARS unit on campus. And we ship Monarch Eggs out to K-12 classrooms so that all students in those classrooms have an opportunity to rear A butterfly from egg to adult and hopefully make the migration to Mexico. This has been a very uh, popular program. We are expanding this year to probably over 300 classrooms and we're really excited about growing this program across the state.
0: Yeah, that's amazing. I'm sure teachers all over would absolutely love to have that in their classroom. It's a really great hands-on experience for their kids and they get to also experience the science and research part of it as well. So how can ag teachers become involved in your programming that you're leading now if they're not currently involved?
1: Yeah, I am really interested in engage, engaging ag teachers in these programs. Um, both ag innovators' experiences showcase innovative practices in agriculture. Uh, in Monarchs in the Move, one experience is looking at uh, land satellite images and analyzing 13 different land management practices that can be incorporated to increase habitat and at the same time increase prof- profitability for the landowner. We actually talk about things like return on investment. And so looking at um, profitability in farms differently than just looking at the yield of, the, of, of each field. Um, we've partnered with a company called AgSolver that was also recently sold to EFS Systems. Uh, but AgSolver was created by a former graduate of Iowa State University and really looks at increasing that return on investment with using data. And the best thing is, is that these are ag uh, careers for students that might not have a farm, that they can go back and farm. These are, these are types of careers that, can, uh, that are going to be emerging um, in the future. Another opportunity that we have for collaborating with folks in ag is, is uh, a collaboration with the Women Ag Organization and uh, the research farms. We're planning to do some events in the fall where we uh, engage with, with that group to think about how we can increase habitat. Uh, women are the majority landowners in Iowa. And uh, we think that, that they might be willing to think about how they engage with their decisions about land, um, perhaps a little bit differently. And so we look forward to collaborating with them um, on this project as well.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And as I said before, I'm, I'm not a traditional Um, farm kid. I did not grow up on a farm so all of this is still new to me. I'm still learning and it's really great for me to be involved in these programs as well to get to learn all the different experiences that my future students will have in the classroom. So Lynn, thank you very much for being with us here today and sharing your experience. We really appreciate it and we look forward to seeing the things that you're going to do in
1: the future. Thank you so much.